This morning, we're going to talk about connection. Now, I'm starting a series called Connect, and I'll tell you the funniest thing happened. Saturday, I came up here Saturday morning, and I thought, I will set up my illustration. I set chairs up in a circle. I pulled chairs. I set chairs in a circle. went great. I came in this morning. All the chairs were gone. I got a text. Pastor, I thought I would clean the sanctuary up this morning, and I moved all the chairs and put them in the closet. Praise God. I was just doing that for fun. Put them back out one more time, Dan, and I got in here with Heather and we set some chairs up. Got it. And if another man didn't come up and go, hey, there's chairs in the middle of the road. We need to move the chairs. Thank God I was in the room. I said, hey, leave those chairs alone. Had I come in and they'd been gone again, I'd have said, hey, I'm going home. Now, all of y'all been wondering all, wonder, all morning, why are there chairs in the middle of the room? How many of you have been curious about those, those chairs up there? Some of you are thinking, I like this church, but they don't even clean it up. They just leave chairs from a game. There's a circle. You're sitting in rows. Let's pray now and go home. My prayer, my goal is to move you to the circle. I want to move you from those rows as I am an orator, a teacher, a, a speaker, a pastor, a preacher. You know, it, it, the definition is a preacher, one that gives religious advice in a tiresome manner. I don't like that definition. I like to give life in Jesus. Amen? But, amen? Okay, I want to make sure y'all in here. So, but we got this circle. And our whole goal, and some of you today, man, pastor, I'm in small group. I love it. I am small group. I go, yes. And some of you today are hard-headed. Can I just be honest? And you're unconvinced. And you're going to fight me. And you're going to fight the Holy Spirit. And, and I've preached on small groups before. And I thought, man, it's time to do it again because it's the heartbeat of the church of the living Christ. And I'm begging you to join a circle. We have a lot of different options. We have couples and men's and women's and just, you know, students have all kinds of small groups. There's just lots of places, women's groups, whatever. You can come and you can meet and you can get known in that circle of friends. This morning I had a small circle back here of 19. <laughs> it's kind of fun. And I'm just going to tell you, that's the whole, this is the whole message, but I'm going to try to unpack it in some ways that will fill up that outline and help you today. But would you consider moving from rows to the Okay, if you don't get it, we're going to stay here a long time. I want to move you from the rose to the... Why'd y'all answer so enthusiastically? Because you want to go home. Okay, so here it is. What is a small group? People ask me all the time, what is a home group? What is a life group? What is a support group? What is small groups? They're small gatherings of people that meet on a regular, intentional basis for friendships, Bible study, development, prayer, and I might add... Food. Food. Our women here, oh my goodness, they have a feast every Wednesday night. Come through here and they got all kind of food and cakes and desserts and pies. And, all. and, and the thing is, you think, is all they do is eat. No, they eat the Word of God. Man, they are hungry. They're bringing their friends. It's awesome. But they also have some good fellowship. But you see, small groups are uniquely shaped. Each one is different. They're shaped by the people that are in them. They have different leaders, facilitators. They have different personalities. They have different sizes. And, and, and a lot of times people just say, Pastor, I'm just afraid of that. I got wounded. I got burned out in Sunday school. I got called on. I got hurt. I got made fun of. I got bored. I got something. So somehow today I'm just praying, God, would you eliminate excuses and give us a fresh slate and somehow move people to the circle today? Because, guys, i got to tell you, I love to preach. You've probably figured out I love to speak. I really do. But my favorite thing to do 
is Wednesday night upstairs in the next building. I love the small group that I'm a part of. One time, Don and I led four or five groups between the two of us in one year, and that about burned us out, okay? But right now, that's our main group, and we do life with people there, and there's life around here that people do it. And I'm just inviting you to consider. And I know you're scared. See, that's kind of hard for me to imagine because I like people and I'm an extrovert. And, I, you know, if I just showed up, I'd just go jump in a group and go, hey, all right, hallelujah. Some of you are like, man, I'm not going to a circle because a circle is intimidating. A circle, man, they might find me out. Well, that's kind of part of it. Do you know sometimes we get uncomfortable when you sit in circles? You're going, yeah, I do. All right, let's look at this quote. Here it is. Connect the circle. Right. Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Actually, I thought I had it. Yeah, he's, I, I was thinking somebody else in my mind. The person who loves their dream of community will destroy community, but the person who loves those around them will create community. Let me just go ahead and tell you something right now. There are people in this room, many people that are not here today, that are a part of our faith family, our faith community, and I want to let you in on something. You don't like some of them. But let me tell you something else. Some of them don't like you either. And something about small groups, you tend to sometimes get in groups of people that you would not have chosen otherwise. It's called a process called spiritual maturity and growth. Let me let y'all know something today. If we're in Christ, we're going to go to heaven. And there's going to be some people in heaven we don't like. Just think about it. You're saying, I know, they're going to think that when I show up too. Now, I'm sure Jesus is going to erase that because the Bible says there's going to be no more tears and no crying and no sin in heaven. But the truth is, and I don't want you to raise your hand because somebody might say, man, what are you talking about me? We just sometimes we don't particularly care for one another. But the Bible tells us over and over to love one another. I looked at it over and over, and I keep seeing this, and I'll come to it in a minute. But Christian community is simply a sharing, a common life in Christ. It centers around the person of Jesus, and he's the focus and the main thing, and he's the Lord, and he's the leader of every group. And in that, somehow, Christian community is developed because I believe if you really want to grow this year in your faith, you need to join a small group. I've been doing this for almost 40 years, being a part of small groups. I absolutely have a passion for it. I love it. But almost as much as I love it, I love to see you participate and get found out and grow and have Q&A. Can you imagine Sunday morning if we came in here and I go, tell you what, Sunday morning, they're going to pass a mic up and down the road. Q&A, fire it away, baby. I would leave this church with you ever so quickly, okay? That would be very, very an organized, rowdy, crazy, and chaplain, may I say, there he is. I might get stumped. Have you ever been stumped before, pastor? No? Well, I have. See, when I was younger, when people asked me questions, I would uh, proverbial blow smoke at them. And today I go, you know, I don't know the answer to that question. However, I was thinking of another question. But however... I'll get back to you and I'll go do some research. And I do that all the time. And I finally just got comfortable going, you know what? I don't know everything. Hey, when you go to your doctor, does your doctor know everything? No. A lot of times your doctor goes, you know what? I've got to do research on that. And that's okay. Because we're growing together as a body of faith. The biblical idea of community challenges us to commit ourselves 
to the people of God. That we realize, man, we need one another. You've seen, I've talked about it over and over and over, doing life together in Jesus. And that's what the church is really about. So let's look at the first line. Life change happens best in community. The middle word of our church name, community, and that's where life best happens. I just believe that. If you're not doing life with other people, you're a lone ranger. You're missing out on what God's got to you. It's a witness to the world. And, and in Acts, in Corinthians, it says they gathered together. They met in homes on a regular basis to share meals, to share scripture, to share a song, to do life because they found out that that's where they could do it. And it was just powerful and effective. How good and pleasant it is, says the word of God, when people live together in unity. Psalm 133.1. Talking, sharing. Look at the next one. Life is a lot more fun when you have deep friendships. See, I'm gregarious, know a lot of people, been in Montgomery, served two churches in almost 40 years. Thousands of people, lots of acquaintances. But friendships are a different thing. And deep friendships are a whole nother level. And I love it around here when I watch y'all connect deeply. Where y'all really share the stuff of your life. You share your concerns. You share your fears. You share your, your pain. You're honest with one another. You share your joys and your victories and you, and you do life together. Man, that's a beautiful thing, isn't it, church? Just to go in and to have life and to celebrate. One of the guys up here leading this morning is Doug Gimelick on our leadership team. Doug just celebrated a marvelous career in the Air Force, serving us. Retired at the rank of Lieutenant Colonel, and his official service will be just in a few weeks. And i got to tell you, I love that guy. I love doing life with him. And you know what? It's also fun. I'm going to get to celebrate his retirement and all the things that he's done. You know, wouldn't it be sad if he just retired? Nobody but Tiffany and the boys said, Dad, we're proud of you. Does this mean you're going to be around more? Golly, get another job, Dad. No, <laughs> He's going, no way. But man, in the church, when we celebrate her, our, my friend, our, 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 one of our drummers, his wife, has been taking the CPA exams and waiting on our final scores. I cannot wait for his wife to walk in here and go, Pastor. I passed. I am a C-P-A. And I'm going to go, good, and walk off. I'm going to give her the biggest hug and say, I am so proud of you. You've worked so hard. Let's celebrate. And her husband's going to go, yeah, pay raise. Okay, anyway, it's just good, isn't it, church? I mean, when you do life, when you share stuff, you know, I'm, the, <laughs> the good, the bad. So life is more fun when you have deep, abiding friendships. But I'm learning Americans are kind of bad at friendship sometimes. Especially today, we've gotten busier and busier and busier, and, and we just leverage that for something else in social media. And the thing is, people go, Pastor, I have 1,500 friends on my site. Hallelujah. And I go, when's the last time you had a meal with them? Never. When's the last time you really shared with them? I didn't. When's the last time you told them how good you really were, but you really weren't, but you wanted them to have an image of who you were, and you were managing your position to them? You go, every day. Am I not telling the truth, church? Social media, I love it. We get the word out. There's so many things. It's awesome. We learn, learn, learn. But at the end of the day, your Facebook friends are not your best friends, are they, church? So people you go to church with. It's people you do life with. Man, you're hurting. You're sick. They might go, hey, we're going to send out a Facebook prayer for you, and that's awesome. 
But how about those people that come by the room and offer some food or some love or support to your family and they care for you? Jesus, he knows a lot about small groups. Peter, James, and John is in her three. He'd have the masses and he'd have the disciples and then he had the, the inner circle. And we don't read a lot of what happened. I can only imagine how profound and how deep and how intimate their relationship was with the Savior because they got up close and personal. Now, here's what can happen. You can join a small group and you can still fake it and put a facade on and never penetrate. But if you're just willing to be courageous and let some walls down, it might be your best year spiritually that you've ever had. I don't know, just a thought here. Small groups make a big difference. I, I talk about it a lot because I believe in it. Church is not somewhere you go, but church is who you are. Man, the church happens everywhere. We have the church that happens over at Starbucks. There's a, I think this Tuesday they meet with Melissa and a bunch of women. Man, it's over there. It can happen in the mall. It can happen at the ball field. It happens in the car. I, I don't know. The, the, the church is always moving. This is just a physical structure of the ecclesia, the gathered ones of God. But the church is on the move. How many of you love the church on the move? Our, our friends today, man, j just met them, just saw them, man, I think it's awesome. But man, they lived in Fort Myers. They weren't planning, they didn't look on the calendar and go, you know what? In September the 10th, let's drive to Montgomery, Alabama and go to this church on Ryan Road. That was a far, I didn't think it was funny. That's the farthest thing from their mind. But yet they ended up here and people ended up everywhere because they've been displaced. And that's where we can connect, church. Man, I just, I, I love it when we're all that Christ wants us to be. 1 Peter 4.10, listen. Each one should use whatever gift he has to receive to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in various forms. Look at the third question, blank. Small groups create a network of care and accountability. I say this all the time, and one day somebody's going to get it. If you want excellent pastoral care, join a small group. That's where people can care for one another because they have deep abiding relationship. There's also accountability in there. You know, sometimes we struggle with sin, don't we, church? And sometimes there might be a brother or sister that we really feel inclined to share with because they're not a gossip. They're not a slanderer. They're an exhorter. They're a healer by the power of the Holy Spirit. And they're my friend. And they choose to spur me on to Christ's likeness. And that's what I hope will happen around here, that we'll just go uh, to another level. Because a lot of times we've made some dumb decisions, and I think sometimes because we tried to live life in a vacuum by ourselves, where we needed the counsel of another person to give us another perspective, maybe God's perspective, maybe just a wise choice. You know, your mama used to always tell you, be careful who you associate with, be careful who you hang around. Bad company corrupts good character. And I've told you before, I think I was at one, they said, don't let that little Waldrop boy come over here. <laughs> you know, I didn't follow Christ to 19, so I don't think everybody was going, let's get him up. Now, I had a few families who were like, let's get the boy saved. <laughs> and I thought that was awesome. I just didn't know they were praying so hard for me. So after I came to Christ, I remember going to some of my neighbors going, I want you to know, I know Jesus. And y'all prayed for me, and I want to thank y'all. And they're like, praise God. We didn't think it ever happened. 
because I was that rambunctious, crazy. But I didn't destroy their property or any of that. I just, you know, just lost and they knew it and they were praying for me. But difficulty happens. I want, to, I want you to see here in the middle of the page, every person needs an akios. The Greek word is translated, here it is, household. Some of you read that word, you said, no, that's the yogurt that I bought yesterday. Okay, that's Greek yogurt. This is the Greek word. And it's actually the word is translated household. And some word, sometimes it gets translated house. It's the house of faith. It's the house of people. It's a circle of people. That there's a, a spiritual gathering, a spiritual circle, a spiritual connection. And God wants to do something in the midst of that. And, and, in, and in that circle, I find that there can be deep care, deep teaching, deep uh, love, deep acceptance. You know, that's what I find. People just want to be accepted. I want to be accepted. Don't you want to be accepted? I want to find a place that's safe. I want, to play, I want to find a place that people will receive me just as I am. Because, man, i got faults. Do y'all have faults? One person said yes. That's amazing. Who was it that said yes so loud? Was that you, Susan? I mean, that's awesome. Susan goes, yes. And everybody else looked at her. I mean, can we just go? Man, we were pretty hypocritical on that one. We all just said, me? Instead, everybody pointed at Susan and went, yes, faults. No, we didn't do that. I love that woman. She loves our teenagers. She loves a group of women. She loves this church. She's committed. She's got her group. Let me show you right here in the middle. It says 54 times. That's wrong. I want you to walk out 54. I found it 59 as I was doing more research. 59 times in the New Testament we're told things we should do for one another. That whole one another thing, I could have just given you verse after verse after verse, and I won't because, I mean, we'd just be here till the storm hits, okay? But here, here's some of the bigger thoughts. The Scripture says in Mark 9:50, be at peace with one another. In John 13, all through there, love one another. Romans 15, 7. Accept one another just as Christ has accepted you. Romans 15, 14. Instruct one another. That's one of the things that the circles do. People get instruction. I love when people learn from one another. Galatians 5, 13. Another thing, it says, serve one another. It's one of the most beautiful things we can do in the body of Christ is how we serve the Lord Jesus. Ephesians 4, 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another i'm really proud of our church right now and i'm proud of america as people really are being kind and compassionate and I, I, it's almost like it's christmas have you thought about that people are just more gracious right now than they, it's like christmas spirit has fallen on our community on the south because people have such tremendous need and people are giving sacrificially too bad it doesn't happen all the time but i am grateful that out of a really disarming hard difficult hardship people are showing the best people are as robert said they're going to open their homes they're going to they're going to buy fuel they're going to buy cards they're going to get water they're going to send supplies they're they're, they're just going to they're going to go serve they're, they're going to open up to one another ephesians 4 32 this is what we do with one another we forgive each other man that's what happens in small groups and circles people just learn to forgive you remember i told you sometimes you show up in a group and you go uh-oh, I'm in the wrong group. You're probably in the right group. Because there's somebody there you're like, this group's going to have to grow because this is going to be really awkward. 
But it might be that's the very person God wants you to be with. And through that, there's going to be a process called grace. And you're going to forgive or they're going to forgive you. And you're going to grow in the goodness and the forgiveness of Christ. You don't lie to each other. You teach one another. Colossians, you don't slander each other. James 5, 16, I love this one. You pray for each other. Oh, my goodness. Do we not do that in our small group? Very last thing we do, we have prayer requests on the board and we pray for one another. Sometimes there'll be somebody comes in there with such a heavy burden and Pastor Keith loves the chair and we pull the chair out and we go, sit down. And as they sit down, we put them in the chair and we lay holy hands on them and we strangle them in Jesus' name. It is awesome. <laughs> I'll tell you that. We put hands on them and we infuse them with life and encouragement and the love of the Savior. Amen. How many of you want to be prayed for by people that know you and care for you? You come in feeling like you've been beat up because you are. And people desperately love you. How many want to join a group like that? Thank you. She said, me? I want to be in that group. I want to be there too. Somebody like, no, brother. I don't want to be in no group, nobody putting no hand on me. Oh, help me, Jesus. We're staying at 2 o'clock. Y'all got homework. Yeah. You see how passionate I am about this. But guess what? I want our church passionate. Because our church, when it gets passionate about circles and not rows, this church will grow. It just, the word will get out. I don't know what it is, man. I don't know what Kool-Aid they're drinking. I don't know what latte they had. They love one another. They're goofy. They're weird. I'm goofy. They're weird. Whatever. But they do life. And life just seems to work out in that group. And they just seem to care for one another. And that's the church. That's, that's the church Jesus died for. That's the church he's coming back for. Man, I could just... Oh, my goodness. How's it getting so late? I just got started. Ah, here it is. Fill in the blank. Ah, I got so much material. I'm just feeling freedom. God designed us to connect. Fill it in. God designed you and me to connect with each other. So those circles, God, you know what I'm praying today? Somebody's going to get some courage and go, you know what? I'm going to do that. Because in baptism, you take on a new connection. Your identity is, I am one of his. I am with him. When, when you get baptized, you know what you're saying? I am with these people, the people of God. And when you join small group community, you're saying, I'm with them. Warts and all and victories and joys and sorrows and pain and life and pound cake. I am with them. Tell you what, if y'all bring a good pound cake to your group, I'm coming to your group. You just call me. How many of you want a good pound cake right now? I don't know why I thought of that. It just sounds good right now. A nice piece of hot pound cake. Y'all can bring that next week if you want to, okay? When people care about you, they love you, they connect. They get in, they, they don't just get so worried about being annoyed. They just decide that, you know what, we're just going to do life. Because you've got something you can give me, and I've got something I can give you, and together we're better, together we're more, together we look like Christ. Together we can accomplish the, the agenda of the kingdom of heaven. Together we can reach people that we'll never do. We, together we can mature, together we can go forward. Together we will grow in the midst of our busy life, in this room, with all the people that gathered, there's a lot of semi-connections and casual acquaintances, but there's some deeper relationships. And some are not here, and they'll be here Wednesday night, and they'll be in and out, but we do connect. And that's what I'm praying, man, just to move from rows to the circle. 
I just think God could transform our area. Look, look, look at this next picture. What is that? Legos. Everybody loves Legos, don't they? Huh? And when you look at Legos, you just see Legos, you're like, that's just a bucket that blew up. That looks like my kid's room. You know, when my grandkids come over, they go, Pop, let's go to the playroom. We go to the playroom. Pop, can we take out everything in this room? The, Donna, don't they? Every single thing. Got two closets, got stuff to the heavens. And they take it all out. And they go, Pop, wasn't that fun? I go, man, you know, Mimi's going to have a stroke when she comes in. And she gets down there and plays with it. She's amazing. I, I love my wife and the grandmother she is to our kids. But, but, but our room looks like that when they, when they finish. And, you know, it's just all disjointed. And, you know what? And that's what our church looks like. We look like a box of Legos. But if we're willing to go to circles, look what we could become. I'm just saying. I'm just monkeying around with you. We could become something. I thought that was pretty good. Good job, Drew. Hey, look at that, man. You know, you know, you know what happens to the banana that gets separated from the rest? It gets eaten. <laughs> and I, so that's cool you did a banana in there. So what I'm thinking is for you, if, huh, that's not a banana? No, that was good. That was good. Oh, that was good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> The banana was good. Okay. So, so, you, so you got the banana, you know, and, and, and you eat it. But, but the, the other bunch is just over here. It's just doing its thing. And you know, the, the Satan, he's a roaring lion. He's out to steal, kill, and what? Destroy. He's out to devour us. But when we come together in a family of faith, we've got new stamina, new spiritual strength to do it together. Oh, God, help us do that. You know what our statement is around here, our vision? Love God, love others. And then go, love God and love me. Wouldn't that not be the most horrible? I mean, that would be such an outward focus of faith. Love God and love me. Man, y'all just close that church up today. Love me. I want you to love yourself, but I want you to love others. You're saying, man, you're pretty bent on this circle thing. You're kind of bent on us doing community. I am. Because I think Jesus is. There's two things you can't do by yourself. You can't be married by yourself. That'd be weird. And you can't live a life of serious spiritual growth by yourself. Jesus, Jesus created the church. And inside the church, he created smaller communities. And I'm asking that maybe we would consider, Lord, can I move there? Look at, the, look at this. Move with me. God designed us to connect, okay? Did I already say that one? Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Let's go to the next one. If it is God's will for us to connect, then we also should understand that Satan's objective is to keep us disconnected, disjointed. And I got to say, he is doing a marvelous job at that. So let's prove him a liar that he is. Let's come together. Let's connect. The other night in our small group, we had a brand new family that's here today. They've only been coming a few weeks. And they showed up the other night at a small group. And I'm saying there's some visitors here today, some guests here today. And I'm just daring y'all to show up in two weeks on Wednesday night. And we will push you in a circle of people that will annoy you in Jesus' name. No, I'm not. You might find, man, I just met my best friends. I just met a wonderful group of people 
that I'm going to do life with. I'm going to grow in my faith this year. I'm just thinking, God, don't let us be selfish. Let us enjoy you. In other words, it's good to eat pizza with good friends. Is, is it better to eat pizza with, uh, with good friends or to go eat broccoli by yourself? <laughs> now, I like broccoli, so I, I ain't got no problems with it, especially if you put some cheese on it. But I'd rather have a nice pizza, you know what I'm saying? And I want to eat it with other people. So in this sense, I said, man, let's just do it. Let's just eat from the buffet of God. Let's just take in the things that the Lord has for us. You know, even in prison, they figured this out. In prison, when you are punished, they put you in solitary confinement. And some people are like, that would be solitary blissfulness. You're sick. God's saying, I don't want to put you in solitary confinement. I want to put you in life with other believers that you can grow, that you can ask your questions, that you can share your heart, you can share your concerns, and you won't be disconnected. Fill in the next one quickly. We're not only created for a relationship with God, but we're created for deep, meaningful relationships with other people. And those other people are the people sitting next to you. Those other people are the people you work with. Other people are the people in your community that God just wants to bring us in. See, for the first 300 years, they didn't have the written word as we know it. You had parchments, you had the Torah, you had part of it, but you didn't have this. So it's not like they all got the Bible out and they went and read it together. But parts they had, they went and they shared it and they modeled their life to one another. So what I've learned is our life is so critical that we share our life with each other and we do life in Jesus' name. And the church said, but now we have the full written, recorded word of God that we can share his word, his principles with each other. But we do it together, not by ourselves. We don't go on some island and just show up. Go, God, I need other people. I believe in you. I trust you. I remember when I came to faith in 1978. This book was intimidating. I knew nothing about it, really. I got dropped off at the Baptist church. And then it became alive. But you know how it really came alive? I had spiritual mentors and I had men in my life that taught me the word of God. And they modeled to me what this looked like, what Jesus really reflected. And when you marry those two together, you got spiritual growth. And when you divorce that, you're, you're in trouble. So God, help us define you. Let me just close with this, because I think this will help us as we move into this. Because I'm just pr trying to hope and pray you'll move together and cry together, laugh together, do life, study, bug one another, help each other. I just believe that Christ's community could greatly benefit if we decide to do life in circles. And uh, it's just maybe a new environment for you. I invite you to consider. I invite you to pray. I invite you to participate. Our big question is, what if I don't know anyone? What if I have to go alone? Is there a place here for me? Yeah, there is. There's always a place for one more. My, my greatest encouragement today is this. Jump in. Connect. Get in circles, out of the rows. Keep coming. I like the rows. The rows are cool. But get into a circle. And I promise you one thing. Your spiritual life will jump. And you'll grow. And maybe you'll be more like Jesus. I think you will. Look across the bottom. 
the mess is truth. To thrive is to connect. Circle the word connect. That's what it really is. When I connect with other believers, I can thrive. Let's pray together. Father, it has been a wonderful day in your house of praise songs and worship, holy communion, comedy on the front end, worship, teaching and instruction from the word of Jesus, and an exhortation to consider joining a circle. And God, I believe that today you want to connect people and you want people to develop their spiritual inner man. God, in this place, in Jesus' name, would people flourish, prosper, be blessed, favored, have increase, success, joy, and Christ-likeness in you. God, for Blake and our students this week, grow some circles, add some circles. For our children, add some circles of kids and leaders. And yes, God, for all the adults that gather, Take some new turf for Christ this week. Add some circles. And we'll give you the praise. And God, we love you.